Hello, family. Welcome back to another episode of Elevated Perspectives Podcast. I'm Courtney. Um, If you are not already liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing, all of the things, go ahead and do that now. Okay. Um, In this episode, I sat down with Karina Henry, or at Karina Worldwide, to discuss how exactly she acquired so many international husbands, um, her teaching experience in China, what it was like to work abroad before the whole uh, remote work wave took over, Um, being a Black female solo traveler, the trips that she hosts in Africa. Y'all, there's so much good conversation in this episode. I cannot wait for you to dive in. Um, So make sure that you are liking, following the podcast. Go follow Karina. I promise you will not forget it. Um, And without further ado, enjoy the episode. I have so much empathy for people that come to a country where they don't speak the language and they just have to start a whole Right. When we were signing up Xavier for school in Guadalajara, mm-hmm. even though the school was like bilingual, like all the forms are in Spanish. The teachers primarily speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking in Spanish. And I thought back to like the kids that were in like ESOL when I was in elementary school and like their parents coming in and then having to like translate. Everything's in English. And I just had this moment of empathy where I'm like, wow, like imagine being somewhere where you can't like advocate for your child the way you where you just don't know what's going on, at least entirely, like, it puts a whole different, it's a lot of perspective. And I guess that's part of the point, is travel and cultural immersion and the perspective that it gives you. Which, again, is why I appreciate your platform so much, because it's about these stories and these people and these learnings past, you know, palm trees and beaches and... Right. Things like that. And it wasn't always that way. There was a time where I was focused on, like, I'd have to get the best photo. I would plan my trips around getting the Instagram worthy shots. Mm. And then once I moved to China, I just realized I'm more focused on the quality of my experience and the interactions than I am on the quality of the photo or the video. Mm. So a lot of times, I well, not a lot of times, now I plan my experiences and then I just base my content around it as opposed to planning the content and then saying, okay, well, then I can do this so that I can post this on Instagram. Yeah. So I know it's, we live in, a, I was going to say we live in a world, we don't live in Instagram, but Instagram has made it difficult for us, for people to be their authentic selves, especially if you're like a creative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because people push out the pretty pictures, but I love the fact that I've built this, I don't want to say brand, but I've had this experience where I'm, I don't need to focus on the perfect shot because people get it now. They're like, okay, she's over here with her struggle Spanish with the taxi driver and he's taking her in the hood somewhere to eat the best food she's ever had. And he's showing her pictures of and videos of Jaguars eating his neighbor's, like, his neighbor's dog. And I'm like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> And then after he showed me, I, I ended up staying at a hotel that was less than 10 minutes from where he showed me the Jaguar Ooh. killed the dog. And I'm like, hmm. And you slept well? Of course Knowing not. Knowing there were Jaguars uh, prowling? It sounds, I don't want to say it sounds good, right? But it sounds adventurous. Like, I'm going to go outside and there's going to be a Jaguar just like walking through the forest. And I'm going to be the one to capture that moment. And then you go outside and it's pitch black and you're like, oh, he can see me. I can't even see him. So, no. No. But in that moment, it was cool. I'm good on that. Maybe through glass. If one walked down the street right now, I think that would be real cool. I would have to go inside. 
Right, or I just look around and see like, are there other people who can't run as fast as I can? How safe am I right. on a scale of one to ten? What's the competition for survival here? Right. No, I get that. <laughs> that sounds so bad because I immediately thought about old ladies, and I'm like, God dang, I didn't even said this, and there's gonna be an old lady in a walk, and I'm gonna be like, you live the good life, ma'am. I thought I'm like, who could I trip? And then I'm like, oh no. Man, you lived a good life. I know. Like, right. You got, okay. So, you're out here authentically traveling, planning content just around what's happening as opposed to missing out on moments and experiences, trying to schedule in what you want to do around getting the pretty pictures. Right. Which I love. We missed a lot in the beginning of our adventure because we were like, I get the shot. Shit, we gotta go here, we gotta go there. And the kids are like, ah, they're like throwing crackers and snacks and we're not really interacting. Right. I like to think we're moving more into the sphere of like, let's go enjoy life. The gram will get what the gram gets. Right. <laughs> the gram will get what the gram gets. And they will love it. And they will, you know, there's always people out there. Um, we've gotten lots of critiques. You know, some people are like, but where are you staying? We want to see more of this and more of that. And other people are like, stop painting a pretty picture. We want to see how hard it is. And other people want this and other people want that. Right. Everyone's just going to get what they get and they'll live. Right. Exactly. Because it gets to a point where it's just overwhelming. And I get it as creators. We want to, we want to show different sides of our travel experiences mm-hmm. But I am past the whole, like, this is the pretty, you know, this is the pretty picture. It's cool. And, you know, some days I put on a sexy bathing suit and I suck my stomach all the way in. And I'm like, you see this beach, but really look at me. But for the most part, I'm like, I want you, I want people to get more out of my content. There are so many people who want to move away from what they've seen on Instagram, right? And they want a journey outside or off the beaten path. And I love that as pioneers, we're spearheading that movement where people are inspired to, to lead the touristy areas with discernment. Don't just be jumping out there talking about we're going, no, with discernment and research. Um, but going out there and, and really connecting with locals. Because I think the best experiences I've ever had have just been off the grid with me ripping up my itinerary and saying, you know what? Today's the day I'm just going to just go. Mm. And I've had the best experiences. I've had the best food. I mean, itineraries are important. I, that's the Virgo in me. Yeah. I'm very organized. But now I'm more, um, I'm more interested in those authentic experiences. And I love that I, I get the opportunity to share it. And there are times, like you said, with the critics where they're just like, well, I didn't like the video quality. I actually had someone who told me that. They said... You want to buy me a camera? <laughs> and they were just like, um, you could fly me with you and I could be your photographer because you're the quality in your videos. And I'm like, you know what? Oh. That's cool. And that's all I said. Yeah. Because that was the end of the conversation. Like, that's your opinion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to grow in this space doing what I love. But even if, even if I didn't, I still love the fact that I get to travel and have these experiences. And, I think the authenticity pulls through. Right. That's definitely part of the draw. Right. Which is cool. It's easier to, to do something if you get to show up as yourself. Right. Which I love. Okay. So let's go Let's go backwards. Let's go backwards. Mm-hmm. So you're a world traveler. You're an explorer. You are an adventurous foodie. 
I have questions, comments, thoughts, and maybe like half a concern. I'll probably talk to myself. <laughs> Adventurous foodie. Um, but where did this start? So as far as travel goes, like, did you just grow up traveling? Did you pick up your passport one day and just say, you know, goodbye, USA, and dip out? Like, what is your journey to becoming who you are today look like as far as travel goes? I am actually a late bloomer to the travel world. I didn't start traveling until around 2015. So I grew up in a household where um, my dad was very spontaneous. So we would be at the gas station in Brooklyn. And he's like, let's go to Maryland. It was always like three to five hours. I remember getting excited if my parents were like, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm putting on my shoes like, I want to go too. That's a good experience. (laughs) So in 2015, my dad's Jamaican um, and he moved to the States when he was around 18 years old. And he had never been back to Jamaica since, you know, since that time. And I decided, like, I want to I wanna meet my paternal family that's still in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, I got my passport. And then my little sister, who was probably 14 at the time, I got her passport too. And really it was because I was not going there by myself. I'm like, they're my family, but I don't really know y'all like that. I mean, we talked to each other on Facebook. But, um, but that experience kind of just skyrocketed into me, like, wanting to to experience more. And so um, my first solo trip was to San Francisco. And I I put off that trip so much that when I called to push back my flight like for the fourth time, the lady was like, listen, um, this is the last time. I know we said this was a refundable ticket, but you can't keep pushing it back. We keep giving you vouchers. And I'm like, well, I thought I read the fine print. I think I can. But my family had all of these concerns, of course. So my grandma went through this whole, she went through this whole phase of saying, that's how I know I don't have good parents because they should never let their child. Meanwhile, she had her hand in raising me. So I'm like, Yo, if they're bad parents, what does that make you? Hot and kettle, baby. Right, right. Um, but I'm glad I went. And then I ended up staying in San Fran for four days. And then from there, four months later, I took my job into letting me stay in Thailand for two and a half months while I was working remotely. Slight flex because this was before the pandemic, so it was right, 2018. Okay. When you say talk them into it, so I want just a little more for anyone that needs to talk their job into letting them work remotely in Thailand. Girl, so the crazy thing is, I worked in a corporate role, like a corporate setting where outside of I'm really sick and I'm about to have this baby, you could not work from home. Right. It was it was crazy because they're always just like, we need you in, we need you in. Um, but I actually submitted a 10 page proposal. Just I, I mean, I listed logistically everything, like how I'm going to be able to do this, where I'll be, my hours, just everything. Um, and so the CEO, they actually flew the CEO in um, to have a meeting with me. And he's like, OK, this all looks good. But the bottom line is this. If we said no, what would happen? And I said, if you said yes, I would do my job and continue to do it well, and then I would come back. If you said no, I'm still going to go, but I'm probably not going to come back. And a week later, they, they approved me. But it also shows, like, it, it works in your favor to be an asset and work your butt off and do what you're supposed to do um, at work. It's true, because if you were just replaceable... They would have said, okay, girl. Yeah, bye. 10-page proposal. There's the Virgo. So after that, my job, I came back, and then two months later, I was living in China. And to this day, my old supervisor says, 
I love that you had that experience, but I regret that we approved you going, which is a little shady, but I regret you going because you didn't even give us like 90 days you were gone. Um, And that was it. And ever since then, it's just been like, yeah, it's just been traveling. So in China, you were teaching. So you get back from Thailand. You're like, "Mm, I need more. You come back two weeks notice and then you go teach in China. That's how you were able to get over there with, like, visas and... Oh, you want the rundown. Yeah. Let me give you the rundown. The people want to know. The people... Because the thing is, you know what I mean? There's so many people. I feel like there's a lot of, like, short-form content right. and text on, like, right. Instagram and TikTok, and there's, like, voiceovers. I'm so yeah. limited to that, like, 60 seconds to three minutes. But, like, the people want to talk. By the people. By the people, I mean me. I'm the people <laughs> in this situation. I'm like, can we get back up? Okay. <laughs> so... While I was in Thailand, I actually ran into this little white girl. You can edit that out if I'm not supposed to say white girl. A little young lady. She knows she's white. Well, she does. She, knows she's white. she was 22 years old. And I met her while we were on a long tail boat going to like the seven different islands um, in Kolanta. And we were just having a conversation. And I'm like, well, what are you doing out here by yourself? And she's like, I teach English as a teacher. And I automatically start thinking like, you're... You're an English teacher in in the States. And you're doing all of this? Because I know what they make in the States. Maybe there's a sugar daddy on the side, but I don't judge. You don't judge. I, I don't judge. So um, she started telling me about, you know, she was working in Vietnam as an English teacher. And, of course, when people first start telling you things like this, you automatically assume it's because you went to school for this. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. My background is in English, but not education. And she's like, girl. Even that you speak the language. But, that you have to be bilingual. So that's another thing. Chinese or Vietnamese in order to teach English in these places. And she's like, girl, my background is in mathematics. And I don't teach math. I barely can count outside of, like, what did she say? Outside of, like, my, my 10 fingers. And I'm like, well, sign me up. She gave me the information. And then, of course, you needed a TEFL certificate. Mm-hmm. So teach English as a foreign language. Um, and I started, when I got back to the hotel, I'm already like researching and everything's coming up. It's $2,000. It's $500. Well, I worked for, I had a good job, but it wasn't like, it wasn't great, great. So I'm automatically like, uh, I thankfully, thankfully I took her number and I reached out to her on WhatsApp and I said, Hey, I know you said that I had to get a TEFL certificate, but it's super expensive. Like, what did you do? She she sent me a Groupon for a TEFL certificate that was $29 from Full Circle. And it's still on there. Oh, my God. I went through there, and I was nervous because I'm like, that sounds like a scam. I'm about, to go to, I'm about to go to another country and start off my scamming lifestyle <laughs> with this fake fraudulent certificate. But she painted this picture of being an English teacher in another country. Well, scam me up. I'm ready. Scam me up. So I... The... The description said that you were supposed to finish the program itself pays in like two months. I finished it in four days. Like I spent, I even, I even played sick because I was like, oh, I want to finish this. Yeah. So I finished it. I was still nervous when I started like getting interviews. So I started like submitting my resume and I'm nervous because here I am with this fraudulent certificate from Groupon. And then I realized a lot of these schools, they just cared that I was a native English speaker and that I had a bachelor's degree, and that was it. Mm. And I came back, and when I came back to the States, I told my boss, um, I really appreciate this opportunity, 
but I'm about to be back in Asia soon. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, girl, I I'm not laughing with you. I'm serious. And I, they already knew that I was going back to China, but I didn't put my, I think I gave them like a three weeks notice because I needed a week for myself. Yeah. And then I came back in May. No, I came back in June. And then in September, I was in Suzhou, China, teaching English. Yeah, and I think that's also where the whole thing came in with me wanting to focus more on like cultural immersion. Mm. Because before then, it was really like, I'm just having fun. I'm just, I'm young. So I'm like, I'm drinking. I'm showing people like, this is the best like clubbing spot. And I don't, I also don't know if like China just hit me in the forehead. Like, girl, you getting old. Sit down somewhere. And so I sat down and then I realized like, it, there's more benefit to you being in a country when you take the initiative to, to build connections and make friends with a lot of like locals. Mm. So that was the first time in my life where I stopped like seeking out expats. Right. I was more interested in like, even there was a time where this guy, we were, we were dating or whatever. And he's like, I can introduce you to my friends. And I'm like, why? Why do I need to, I don't need, and he's like, no, because you know, I think we need to build a community. And I think it is important to have a support system when you're living abroad. It's really important. I think it's important to build like a sense of community before a lot of expats. And this is just my personal opinion. I think a lot of expats come and they focus their community around people just being from the same country. Like they put themselves in a bubble. I'm glad you make this point though, because first of all, I want to get into the conversation. What is an expat? What does that mean? Mm. And why is it different from an immigrant? Did you watch my TikTok video? You know what? We've been having this conversation a lot. I actually did. I don't think I did. Uh, oh, girl. Did I? No, that's did good because I'm about to give you a rundown. No, no, no. Should you shouldn't have. Because no, it's going to be fresh. What is this? What does this even mean? I've been having this conversation with Justin a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm analytical, right? So I've got like a little technical difference here and there. But the way that people throw around the word expat, mm. the way that people use the word expat, versus how they never call themselves immigrants. But there's a select group of people that are always immigrants and never expats. I Who are doing the same things that we're doing. Same thing. Okay. Oftentimes, more legally than us. So, tag me in. Okay, I'm tagged in. <laughs> All right, so when I lived in China, that was the only word I knew. Mm. Like, of course we, we know about immigrants, but no one ever, no one ever called themselves like an immigrant. It was just like, I'm an expat. I'm an expat from such and such. So I always just ran with that word. Mm. It wasn't until I moved to Mexico that I began to get like a greater understanding of not only what the difference is between being an expat and an immigrant, but how how offensive it can be to just always refer to yourself as an expat. There are people who have been here for 10 years and they're like, I'm an expat. I'm like, no, baby, you're not. And it's so, it's so sad to me that when people go to the United States and to Canada, mm -hmm. off the bat, I rarely hear people from other countries who are in the States, they refer to themselves as, as expats, never. It's always like, immigrants right so why is it that we have the luxury to go to other countries do the same thing take from their resources and then we get to say oh expats and i really think expats it's just to a lot of people it's more like a glamorized like term because 
a lot of people don't want to be called immigrants. And I'm like, but that's what you're doing. An expat, I get it if you're coming to a country and you're just like, this is not home for me. I might be here for a year or two or a few months. Um, Just to kind of like figure things out, then yes, you would be an expat. But if you've been here and you're here permanently, by definition, you ma'am, you sir, are an immigrant. We're talking to you. Right. To you. (laughs) To you. You know who you are. To you. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I think one of the things that popped up, do you remember, I want to say, there in New York some time ago, there's mm-hmm. a newspaper article about a woman that was found dead in a cocaine apartment. Mm. In a cocaine apartment. Right. In a cocaine apartment. <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> The flare-up, and I think that's one of the the first times I've really been just so conscious around the differences in length, because it's just an apartment, right? and maybe there was some cocaine. Meanwhile, other people are in and out of crack houses and bandos. And, and they're living and a party them. lifestyle. Right. That's a recreational it's thing. It's a, saddie, a Saturday party, and it's like, yeah. okay. So I think, and obviously, different subject matter, but... It circles back to that thing where it's like, if you just want like a cool, trendy title to like set yourself apart because you're in a different country where your dollar stretches longer and, you know, it's the status thing. Right. And I think we did the same thing. Justin and I were like, oh, we're expats, we're expats, we're expats. And it was not too long ago that we like had to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. We were like, we've been referring to ourselves as like a full-time travel family, but we've also been saying nomadic, but we've also been saying expat. Never in the conversation did immigrant pop up. But right. I'm like, oh, well, obviously that's because we haven't decided to settle anywhere. Right. And he's like, yeah, but like, isn't it funny how? And we kind of went down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, you know what? As we move forward, we just have to be conscious of the things that we say. And Very I really think so. about this stuff. Because the last thing that I want to do, I've been, tra- we've been traveling long enough and for long enough now that like I am we're starting to see the thing mm-hmm. like past that little veil. And I'm like, the last thing that I want to do is go somewhere and make a mini, you know, American microcosm mm. there. That's the last thing I want to do. And like you said, especially when you touch down, seeing people that look like you, who you can share culture with, right. you know, they eat the same stuff as you and speak the same language as you, you can tell stories of, you know, back home or whatever. Like, yes, it, it helps ease that process. But also... If you're going to be somewhere, especially long term, you can't live in that bubble. You're missing out on so much as far as food, culture, experience, lifestyle, all of the things. And if I can just jump in for a second. Please. So I just got kicked out of a WhatsApp group like Ooh. two weeks ago, right? Oh, I love it. Right. I love the, I love the, hold on. the spice of it all. Yeah, yeah. I've been kicked out of better groups, but, <laughs> but yes, I was kicked out. Um, and it, it was it was funny to me that this became an uncomfortable like conversation for so many people. Hmm. Because, like you said, nomads, um, expats, and immigrants, right? Why should having that conversation be so uncomfortable for so many people? And I realized a lot of people were just like, I'm not an immigrant. I'm like, but you've been here, you've been here for seven years, Otis. Otis was not the person's real name, but it just slid off the tongue so easy. Otis. <laughs> So you, but anyway, it started in a group, and I'm not going to go too much into details, but it started in a group where there, it was made for 
women of color living in, in Mexico, right? Um, specifically in Playa. And a Mexican person posted like a flyer, right? About an event. And she was very clear. She said, you know, please come out. This is a, a good opportunity for language exchange. Locals get a 50% discount. Residents and what did she say? Residents and immigrants, they get 20% and that was it. Hmm. And I mean, I thought that was good. Me yeah. being a resident, of course, I'm like, ha, 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 But even if she had just left it at locals 50%, it would have still been fine. Yeah. And sidebar. I know we're so used to Karens being white people, but I have learned in other countries there are Karens, black Karens. I don't know if they're Karenicious. I don't know what to call them, but they are out here. And they, I mean, they are running rampant. So, mm. all skin folk and kin folk. Mm. All skin folk and kin folk. So, there was a Karenisha who inserted herself into this conversation and said, you know, that's a shame that. Um, Black people as a whole are not getting a discount. Why are locals and residents and immigrants only getting discounts? Which, off the bat, I'm like, well, ma'am, we all know you run a business and you're being upset at residents getting it, which means that you're probably running your business illegally. So this is not a conversation you should even want to have Don't in a room. Don't that, that's when she said that. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> so she goes on and on and it, it it bothered me because then the conversation became like immigrants versus expats. And, you know, it was just like a whole big thing. And it black people should be appreciated more, which I agree we should be. But in this conversation, it had nothing to do with color. And then I also noticed how when foreigners often express their grievances, it really upsets me that even locals try to try to make them feel better about themselves. It, it, it really, at first, it was just like, Karina, this is not your fight. Take your 20% discount and mind your business. <laughs> but the more I saw people, like, stroking this Karenisha's, like, ego and, and making her feel like a victim when she had just jumped down the throat of a local person who was, who was sharing her country with you, number one. Number two, who hasn't used the hotline to get you deported, but you're a legal business yet. Like, let's, let's call a spade a spade. And the fact... And if this is not just an isolated situation. I've noticed how people always feel like they have to make Americans and Canadians feel much better about themselves. And I'm speaking on, I'm speaking about Americans and Canadians because I don't, I don't pay attention to Europeans and what they got going on because I'm not from there. So I just be like, y'all, y'all do you over there. If you say something to a local, then I'm gonna just say what I gotta say. But I don't really know about y'all like that. Yeah. So it's sad that people always feel like they have to make us feel better. Because in that moment, this girl innocently tried to include everyone. Because she didn't have to give the discount she did not. to residents anyway. This could have very much been locals only. She wanted to include us. And there are so many people who want to learn the language. So the fact that you're offering this event where people can exchange languages and get to know each other from like, um, and network and connect, I thought it was great. So I sat there for about 30 minutes and I said, Karina, I'm not going to say nothing. And then Karina said, mm-mm. And when I went off, I called her a colonizer. I said, you know, it's so I said, it is sad that we're so accustomed to calling, you know, Anglo-Saxons colonizers. But there are so many Americans who come to these countries with a colonizing spirit. Mm -hmm. And I get that you come here to build community. But at the end of the day, 
That does not mean that you get, you have the right to look down on other people. The fact that so many people jump to, oh, it's about race. It's about, you know, the fact that I don't have my papers yet and I'm not a, an immigrant or a resident. Instead of thinking, I am an American citizen. I am someone from Canada. I'm probably getting paid in my own currency, which is going to stretch further than someone who's getting paid in pesos. The fact that that didn't even cross your mind, the first thing you went into was, well, I'm, I know I'm not a resident, but that's unfair. I know that, you know, I, I black people should be more, you know, appreciated. The fact that you didn't understand that, you didn't think about money, you just thought about race, like that really ticks me off. And so that is one of my, my biggest problems is when we come to other countries and we're looking for, I, I love that people look for people who look like them, right? Mm -hmm. There is something great about being able to just say something and people already know. Like, if I say something about the chair in Alabama, black people at this point are like, <laughs> August 5th, girl. Our new national holiday. Right. They know, right? That is something special about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think if we're going to travel, then we, we should make it our responsibility to try to connect with other people. And not, and I don't want to say people do it intentionally, but there are, it's a lot of people who come and they're so entitled. And entitlement looks different to, you know, different people. I see people who come in and they're like, oh, well, they don't speak, you know, they're not speaking English. Or they're like, oh, well, I don't like the way this looks in here. I don't like, I had one girl one time who, she wasn't talking to me, but she was at a table nearby. And she's like, I just, the way they smell when I come in there. And I'm like, man. And, yeah, there's a lot of that. Right. And you know what? I'll be the first to say, you know, I've been guilty of this. Of course. I've been guilty of, of going places and having complaints that reek of entitlement. I've been guilty. I've been guilty of walking into a room and immediately my nose turns up. I've been guilty of it. I think, especially you first start traveling, you don't think of things, you all kind of have like some gut instincts and, and reflexes. And that's one of the good things I think travel just takes out of you. Right. I remember the first time I went to Amsterdam, the shower was so small, the water smelled funny, the hotel didn't have any washcloths. And this was the first time in my life I had been in a hotel room that did not have washcloths. Right, right. I'm confused. What are y'all? Right, I went down that whole rabbit hole and uh, I was with people from school and they kind of like helped me just like work through that or whatever. But um, I think it's something we carry. And, I love what you touch on, even this this WhatsApp situation and a lot of what happens when we isolate, even though we're abroad, there's a lot of baggage I feel like I've had to unpack mm -hmm. around being black and not in the US. And there's so much intersectionality that I feel like Again, I've had to unpack being abroad. Right. There's a whole thing. We've, I've heard my whole life, right? People hate Americans. They hate Americans. They hate Americans. They hate Americans, right? And in my head, I'm not American. I'm, you know, but I'm not like American. I travel. You know, I'm. I'll be out here. I'm like, look at. I'm not, you know. But then I go abroad, and I have to realize I'm black. I'm a black woman. I like to think I'm pretty cultured or respectful. I'm still American. Right. I still have USD. I still have passport privilege. Right. Like all of these things still apply to me. Even though when I'm sat home in the U.S., those things don't carry the same weight that they do outside. Right. 
so I love this notion of like, we've got to have more perspective when we travel about where we fit, not in our home country, not in our hometown, but in like the world as a whole. Right. I'm curious how you've navigated that. I've seen different people approach it different ways. I don't think I've seen the conversation really had though, because there's a lot of just like having to unpack blackness as you travel and move through the world. Because it means different things in different places. Right. So I think I always say it, it makes me a little, it saddens me that there are so many black people who don't know what it feels like to be black outside of the United States. And it's sad because we take a lot of the trauma that we've had to endure as being black Americans, and then we just bring it with us. And I, myself, I had to learn that, right? I remember the first time, and I think this was when I was in Thailand, and the lady was just following me around. And I'm like, is it because I'm black? I don't want to steal. And I mean, I'm automatically like, girl, don't nobody want to steal nothing from me. I'm trying to help you. Like, in my head, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I just happened to say this in one of the Facebook groups. And thank heavens, I decided to message a girl privately. I was just like, she looks like she wouldn't be rude to me. And I messaged her and I'm like, I'm noticing that um, sometimes they follow me around in the stores. Like they think I'm going to steal something. And I think it's just so, you know, it's so sad and they're racist here. And she's like, the reason most times, and this is not for everyone, right? Because some people might think you're trying to steal something. I don't know. But she's like, most times the reason why they're following you around is because you're you're American and they know you have money. And so they want to, and I mean, she had a bag. Everything she was like, you want, you want. And then, and then when I start thinking that way, and it doesn't mean it's always what's happening. Sometimes they might think, oh, this girl's trying to steal something. But when I start having that mindset of, oh, they think I want to, you know, I want to purchase. Then I started realizing, like, it was less of, like, a moment of me just being offended and more just me being like, okay, mm-hmm. they think I got money. I'm broke. But I, I love the fact, that, I love that for me, that you think I got money. Right. And then it just starts to change. Um, and then I also think, like, as we're exploring, sometimes we, we have to remember things don't always be great, but we have to go back to how we were raised. So there are times where I might eat something and I'm like, oh, girl, this was not what I thought it was going to be. But the whole how I handle those situations, not only does it change the way people might perceive me, mm-hmm. but how people may perceive other African-Americans. Because at the end of the day, there are situations as we're traveling where you might be the only black person they've encountered outside of them seeing Nicki Minaj twerking on, on Instagram, you know? I've had my, my share of I love big booty black women and mm. and men asking me, can I dance for them, right? Oh, very bold. All right. I've had my share of them. But I always go back to, like, how would my grandmother feel if she was sitting right here and I didn't like something? Mm. My, if I were to just spit it in a napkin and complain and do all of this because I didn't like something, my grandmother would probably slap me in my face. Right. I don't, I don't condone you slapping people in the face. But that's what my grandmother, right. But my grandmother probably would. And so I think even in learning and exposing ourselves to, to different cultures, we have to still keep that mindset. Every action does not call for a reaction. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I'm just gonna focus right now on 
Now, I don't even want to just focus on black Americans. Americans as a whole. And I, can, I always say Americans because I'm American. Yeah. And I feel like it's easier to talk about your own folk, right? Yeah. I've noticed how Americans, even when things are not going their way, when we come here, and I've been in a situation before um, where I almost ended up in Chinese jail. Um, but it was in self-defense. But it still was the thought of like, well, you did something to me, so now here's that. Lick back. Okay. Right. Right. Let me get my lick back. Mm -hmm. And then you realize you getting your lick back ends you in a Chinese jail where, honey, you don't want to be there. And so now when things happen, it's that quick thought of like, okay, Karina, is it worth it? It's not. And it's usually not because most times I can remove myself from a situation. Um, but that came with me traveling and realizing a lot of it is rooted in ego. A lot of it is rooted in pride. We're so used to, oh, you're not going to talk to me like that. And then we go to another country and it's like, uh-uh, you're not going to follow me around the store because I'll buy this whole thing out. Knocking over shell. No. Mm-hmm. Or, uh-uh, I don't like this. Send it back. <laughs> this is, it's funny, but I always say like I'm so lenient when I'm in other countries too and you know sometimes i'm like should i be but then i'm just like ah, but i am because yeah. if a fly lands on my food in subway in south carolina send it back it's a problem a fly lands on my food here i'm just gonna shoot away and keep on eating <laughs> i'm not even gonna hold you and if he stay on there long enough i'm gonna tell you what a fly tastes like so that's it's it's that like things won't always be pretty but sometimes we have to learn to be a little flexible and I mean, in all things, whether it's small things like water, there are people who complain like water in other countries, it's not boiling hot. And I'm like, well, baby, it's not going to always be peaches and cream. True. The water here was like cold, like two weeks ago. This yeah. is the first time in my life, the water was all the way, cold, all the way turned down cold. It was coming out hot. Like scalding I'm like, hot. why is this happening? Oh, girl, you better count your blessings. I the other way. I'm like, maybe... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not righty tighty. Maybe it's lefty loosey. It's still hot. I'm like, babe, it's broken. He's like, it's just hot outside. And I'm like, there's not a mechanism they have that like makes it cold. I need it to be cold right Right. now. And again, it's another moment of just like, okay, let me pause. Let me back up. Everything isn't always going to be the way that I anticipate. Right. The way that I desire or the way that I'm comfortable with. Right. At least I didn't burn myself. And it it also shapes how you or who you choose to travel with. Mm. Um, mm. And let's shift that because yeah, I'm actually... speak on it. Speak on it. Because I'm actually going on a trip with... Oh, my best friend's probably going to watch this, but... I'm going on a trip with my best friend, and I love her dearly. We love you, bestie. Um, and I'm going to call her Sherry, because that's not her real name. <laughs> Sherry is like Otis. Just re- there right. we go. So... Sherry is my best friend. She's been my best friend for over a decade. And we were travel partners domestically from like the moment I met her. We've gone to Vegas, Arizona. We've done so much in the States. It wasn't until we traveled abroad that I realized, I don't really like you as a traveler. Mm. And it's because I, I realized, and it's not just her, of course, but there, we're so used to these quote unquote luxuries in the States and when we don't get them in, in other countries, sometimes we don't react in the best way. Right. Or even simple things like we had an argument. Actually, this happened in 2021. We had an argument about it last week because I, I sent her like this little 
rough PowerPoint presentation on like, you will not embarrass me out here in these streets when we get to Spain, Italy, and France. Because I had some bad experiences in France, but I don't think it was because of I was black. I think it's because I was American. And they were like, girl, stop with the wee-wee and really learn some French, which is fair enough. I'm in your country. I'm in your country. So even when they when they say things like that, I'm like, fair enough. I should have tried something. I should have wrote some things on my hand. Google Translate is there. Should have. So I'm giving her, like, play-by-play. Play. You're not going to embarrass me out here in these streets. And she's like, I've never done any of that. Made me realize, red flag number one, is that there are times where we're so accustomed to acting a certain way that we as Americans we just think it's the normal thing like you didn't do this so it's okay for me to get mad you didn't bring my food out hot enough just as an example you didn't bring my food out hot enough so it's okay for me to just storm out Hmm. and mm, that's not always the best way to handle situations but in a specific situation we were in Kenya um, and we were in an area uh, where there were a lot of like Muslim individuals, right? A lot of Muslims. And the first thing she says out loud is, and I don't know, you can decide if you want to cut this part out or not. But the first thing she says is, wow, a lot of these people, they don't wear deodorant. I'm like, see, baby, if you had if you had taken the, the time to read the itinerary I sent you, not only do I label like the activities in the restaurants, I'm talking about like religion and how we need to carry ourselves. We had an issue too um, in Tanzania where one of my international husbands. Mm, I have a question. Oh, girl, get into it. I have a question. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can talk about my international I husband. I have one, but I'm like, girl, go let for me it. Let not say anything too toxic. Okay. So, my international yeah, husband. Right. Well, he's gonna edit the whole thing. Just <laughs> and this is Karina. Thanks for coming to my. T- <laughs> it's gonna be the end of it. This is Karina. She's a traveler. All right. Thank you so much, Karina, for coming. <laughs> Um, and so my international husband, mm. we're in Zanzibar. We're going to pick her up from the hotel and she's wearing a bikini. We're not even going to the beach. We're going to his mama's house because she's going to cook us some palau. And you have having a bikini and a see-through dress. And I'm like, look mm. around. What does not belong? Look how everyone in here is dressed. And we've had those conversations where you have to know how to carry yourself. And it doesn't mean that the way people treat you based on how you dress is okay, because it's not. But it's a level of respect you have to have whenever you're traveling. And that comes to with um, with being more cultured and exposing yourself. But let's get into the international husbands. Let's get into the international husbands. Let me pull the microphone closer, because I do have questions. Now here, listen, I'm going to frame this for you. Okay. So Justin and I have had many a conversation about passport bros. Mm-hmm. We all know about passport bros. Oh, we all know about We're passport bros. We're not going to spend time talking about passport bros. We all know about passport bros. Now, one thing that I said to him, mm-hmm. because he looked, I think he saw like one of your, one of one of the things where it's like, oh, you know, someone gone and someone enjoyed it. He saw like one of those like recaps, right? Right. And he's just like, what's the difference? And I'm like, first of all, that's our sister in Christ, Karina. So put some respect <laughs> on her name. But then I'm like, second of all, this is just good marketing. It's just good marketing. It's, it's, just it's become like my brand. It's, it's my just, thing. Like, it's just good marketing. But then, third of all, we got into a conversation about, um, and for additional reference, so Justin is actually Canadian. His people are, he's from Toronto, right? Okay. So he has two passports. Okay. 
three if he ever submits the paperwork that he needs to to get his Ghanaian citizenship. Um, which means that I would automatically to get Ghanaian citizenship, which we do want. On the topic, mm-hmm. right? You're out here. You're mm-hmm. gallivanting. You're having a time. Experiencing all the things. Right? All of the things. Um, and eventually it comes up on the interwebs, this notion of these men are just using her for green cards and visas and this is disgusting and she's just out here some painted it like oh this you know victim of a woman and other people this what do you what do you call the opposite of a womanizer this manonizer you know female passport bro meanwhile i'm trying to get citizenship somewhere in africa but all right this is what i'm saying there's this notion of this you know u.s centricism that takes place and i think particularly like We've had a lot of experience in Latin America, and it definitely happens there too, right? With people just coming and taking and extracting and mining. That's a whole other conversation. But we shift our focus to the continent of Africa, which is where some, I'm sure not all, but a lot of these men that you've had in your company um, have been. What, What do those conversations look like? People come to you and they're like, you're gallivanting about with these men. They're using you for these visas. This is silly. They're uncomfortable when you're licking their finger after they feed you goat intestines. I remember that one. Which it wasn't even a finger lick. And I mean, they dragged me. And not only did they drag me on TikTok and Instagram, they dragged me so long that I took a trip back to Kenya. (laughs) And then told him, now, we're going to turn the camera to make sure that they see that I'm not sucking on your finger. He, like, put it, like, it was so close, but I did not look on the man's finger, but they don't care. <laughs> Even when I tried to clarify, they were like, girl, shut up. You licking fingers over there in Kenya. I'm like, oh, Jesus. We saw what we see. That, right. It was like, <laughs> finger licker. But you're asking, what are the conversations like um, mm-hmm. when people do this? So, <sighs> I remember in the beginning, when I, the first video when I said my Kenyan husband with the, the finger licking and I was eating, I think it was the goat bowels, mature, mm-hmm. right? And it was crazy because I had never experienced that before. I dated, I had dated in other countries, but that was the first time where I really put it on front street. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to just be like this lighthearted joke. And the next morning I woke up and I had gone viral. They had dragged me. They told me the man is using me to come to the States. And I mean, that was the first time where a video or the reactions to a video made me cry. Mm. Because I'm like, I thought it was just a funny joke. And then you have these people who are just like, she thinks it's funny, but really she's being used. And just, it was. So I is mean, it because they're mean or is it because you felt misunderstood? It was because like, I felt misunderstood. I can take being mean all day, but I think I was still a newbie to the, you know, to the creation space as well. So now, I mean, they can say whatever they want. I'm like, baby girl, keep the engagement going. Actually, let me find somebody to argue with you so y'all can keep commenting <laughs> back and forth for like three days. But in that moment, I was still new. So them turning it into something where it's like, she's just being used and she doesn't know. Or like, hey, what about his wife at home? You're a, you're a Jezebel. Um, and this was before people started throwing around passport bros. This was, this was like 2020, 2021. Mm. So people were, and I mean, passport rules has been a thing, but they just start, you know, really pushing it out there. Right. Um, And some of the things were just so mean. And not only was it, did it make me feel bad? I also felt like I had to come to the defense of my friend or my Kenyan husband because people were messaging him like, 
How do you the feel that? Up, girl. So that was my fault too. The devil works hard, but I but, but internet trolls. But it was my fault because I'm always like, whenever I post someone, I always tag them because I feel like if I can get exposure, I want to make sure you get exposure right. too. Yeah. And so, but I always ask them like, before I even submit a video. Because I feel like one day I'm going to be famous and I don't want someone to slide something to TMZ talking about, I didn't give her permission to post this seven years ago. So I always send them the video. And I'm like, is this okay? Can I tag you in it? He wanted to be tagged. So the fact that people were going in his inbox and saying, you don't know that she's using you and, you know, you should feel ashamed as well. And it was just a lot. And so he was sending me the screenshots. And I think it, it kind of, it changed, it shifted from me feeling bad for myself to, to me feeling bad that I have put him in this situation. Yeah. Um, and so it opened up, but, which is good now, because now people are like, they see me with an international husband. They're like, girl, go. Another I love one. it. I love it. That's the conversation I up. had with Justin. I was like, you don't worry about what our good sis Karina has going on. You don't worry about it. Right. I think it, it's also about intent. I don't go there with the intentions of finding a husband, right? And it also is kind of, I've had people ask me, are you really married? Are you like into like a poly relationship? And I'm like, hmm. and I do play into it sometimes. Because sometimes depending on my mood, I might say, yeah, I am. And then I divorce them when I get on a plane. So it just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, but I think it became an opportunity for a bigger conversation with these international husbands. Because number one, the first thing people assumed is they're only marrying you or they're only, or they're only like dating you because they want citizenship. Not once has anyone even asked me to visit the States. And I think that's also like an American thing where I love having my passport, my blue passport. I understand the privilege behind it, but we have to understand that our great United States of America is not the great sis she was back in the days when our grandparents were, you know, moving there and like, like wanted a better life for themselves and all of that good stuff. And I mean, still a great country, of course. I would never give up my blue passport. Let yeah. me say that twice because I don't want people to be like, well, then why don't you move somewhere? I am. I have. I'm a personal FBI agent. If you're listening to this. <laughs> right. I have moved somewhere else. But um, it was it, it brought about a greater conversation where people understood just because someone lives in Africa does not mean that they're automatically looking for a come up. They're not automatically looking for an opportunity to get their green card. Now, once anyone, even my ex-boyfriend who's Mexican, um, my mom had a conversation with him. And she said, well, I just want to, I just wanted to, you know, be clear. Um, are you using my daughter for a green card? Hmm. And he said, well, she's not Canadian. Ooh. And I was like, Damn. now, first of all, I had to tell him, don't talk to my mama like that. But in my head, I'm like, shit, I'm crazy. He was like, she's not Canadian. If she were Canadian, then maybe, but she'll never be Canadian. And my mom was like, well, I mean, I was, and I'm like, mommy, just stop. He shut you down. I told him, don't talk to my mother like that. But in my head. Oh, God, that's so funny. Right. But it, it, it started, it opened up the door for greater conversations when it comes to citizenship and people feeling like, oh, they're just using people for citizenship. Now, I'm not saying everyone. Some people are being used for citizenship, but it's also about consent. If you agree to live in this lifestyle and bringing someone back, that's on you. Um, the second thing is for women, I love that women are feeling, they're inspired to go out and just live their best lives mm. using common sense. I always have to say that because I don't want anyone to go outside and then be like, well, Karina, and then I was, 
No. Um, but it's so liberating to be able to go outside and live your best life and just enjoy. When I go to different countries, my name is not Karina. It is Christy. And at this point, some people might recognize me. They're like, Karina Worldwide. I'm like, no, I'm Christy, girl. <laughs> Who is Karina Worldwide, child? She Wait, famous? That's racist. I don't even look like her. <laughs> she famous? No. Um, but for the, the amount of women who have told me I've inspired them to, to live life and not care about, because it's more than just men and dating, just not care about what people think mm. and live their best lives, like, that is, like, a win for me. Because um, it took me a while to get there. Um, now it's like, okay, baby, you, you won't see the next one in a, in a while. But I have to... Um, but then also... And I had this conversation with a friend the other day, and he said the same thing. He's like, there is no difference. And after I thought about it, I'm like, maybe there isn't. Hmm. And it, We've it, got to be reflective. We've got to be right, reflective. Right. And it gets to the point where we're so used to wanting to argue a point because we're like, I don't want to be the bad guy. I'm so different from, from them. And I'm like, for some people, it is the same thing. And if that's what you think, then that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never gone to a country with the intentions of, you know, using my money to capitalize on um, people needing things or people viewing me as a come up to, I've never said, okay, well, I know that they they know I'm American. And so if I, sh you know, usually when I go there, I'm like, oh, I don't have no, I don't have any money actually. We just, um, but it is all about perspective. For some people, no matter what I say, no matter how many times I say, it's not the same. People are gonna say, girl, you was a passport sis. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm a passport sis, or, you know, I think I am a woman who has learned how to utilize my resources to ensure that I have the best experiences possible. However, I do it responsibly um, because I never want anyone to feel offended. I never want, you know, there to be a situation that, but if you think I'm a passport sis. Now, fortunately, husband and I got on the same page. He's like, oh, this is her. We went back to the, I was like, no, no, no. She's doing the Lord's work. She's doing right. the Lord's work. He was like, okay, okay, okay. And, okay. and I also think when we talk about international husbands, I've had the best experiences because of these men. And it's not just like, I think when people think about international husbands, they think like sexually. And we're not going to get too deep in the weeds, but I'm like, if you think I'm out here just having sex, that is not my fight to fight. It's your opinion. Go for it, girl. I had, well, up until last week, I had a man at home. So, and he, but anywho. Um, I think it's it's been a cool experience because with these men, they've pushed like they've put me in positions where I can have these unique experiences I would never have with like a tour guide. I would never have with, you know, even with like a a a driver. I've gone to people's mama's houses and we eating like like my 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 Zanzibar's uh my Zanzibar's husband. My Zanzibar husband took me to his mom, to his family's village, and I was sitting around learning how to cook her secret recipes, and we're eating around the table. Not to say we were eating around um, each other like a family. I've had experiences that most people don't have because of this. And people can say, well, why don't you get a tour guide? I have yet to find a tour guide that is going to say, okay, we're going to spend the whole day together, and that's going to be it. Usually tour guides are like, you got three, four hours, maybe six hours, and that's it. That's amazing. Right. I do think, because that genuine connection, bond, friendship, whatever we want to call that. And I'm still friends with all of them to this day. 
all of the Mr. Karinas, Mr. World. Right, right, right. It, it's, I have had some, begin just a little bit of toxic. It's not very toxic, but I've had like situations. Oh, well, you're about to get it. I've had a situation where one of my international husbands, his girlfriend actually um, reached out to me. And at the time, and I'm always very upfront, like, I'm here to have fun, to experience, like, their country, blah, blah, blah. Please do not bring any drama. He was like, and it was weird, too, because this man was the one that was running around, like, this is my wife, and I'm like, this is my husband. And we telling everybody. Mm. Random people at the, like, the restaurant, we just yelling, this my, we married, y'all. And they like, okay. So um, his girlfriend actually reached out to me on Instagram. And she said, you know, your Ghanaian husband is actually my my real future husband. And I apologized to her. Um, and then she's like, yeah, either you can take the video down or can you tag me in the video? And then I, I had to reach out to him like, okay, I get what happened. However, I'm not going to tag. How would that look? My Ghanaian husband. But let me CC that girlfriend. Um, right. So then I said, well, I apologize if I said or did anything that offended you. And then she wanted me to take the video down. I'm like, if I were to take the video down, it would have to come from him. And he's already okay the video. And he refused to take the video down because I think he grew by like 5,000 followers in like the he first week. Cute. I think oh, I remember. Girl, the body. Real. The body. I think I remember that. The second he said get down, I'm like, mm. and I think I remember that one. But he was too toxic. And that's why I had to cut him <laughs> loose. There ain't nothing to cut a husband off now. That one, I, I, mm -mm, I want to retract my previous statement. I'm cool with all of them except for one. For one, that there's always got to be one. Oh, that one had me in the trenches. His, my best friend's cousin, turned out to be one of his girlfriends, and this is not the same girlfriend that reached out to me. And I was staying at the girl's house, and it just so happened that she was saying, like, you know, I'm going to Ghana because my man is in. I'm like, girl, the best man is in Ghana. Like we just having like a tip for tat. And then my best friend, she ruined it because she was like, show her, show her your 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 Ghanaian husband. I'm like. You know, I took my little, <laughs> you ain't got to tell me twice. And I show her, and when she was like, I'm like, he look good, don't he? Make your mouth drop. And she said, that's my boyfriend. I'm like, let me see a picture. And she showed me a picture. I'm like, oh, they don't even look the same. Girl, it's the same man. Oh, no. I'm like, they don't even look the same. Mm -mm, look at that. They don't even look the same. Obviously different. Oh. You got a freckle? Or Listen, like they might be twins, but girl, they're not the same person. Mm. But they was the same person, and it just... It world it spirals into something like But in all of like the kingdom of Ghana, you happen to just And I mean <laughs> Oh I mean and but he it, he was probably and I'm I'm not even being biased, he was probably the sexiest man I saw the entire time I was there. Mm. Six five, built like a like Hercules. Mm. Oh now stop, I'm married. You have me on hit this microphone. When you get, when you get some time, girl, go back and scroll to my Instagram and look at him. And Josh, Josh, cover your eyes and just let her. This is for research purposes. She has no choice because she's doing an interview. She's got to look at it. So this goes up on um, YouTube. We might have to get his permission to just like pop his face up just real quick. Right. 